it's good to be here. And uh, I want to share some thoughts uh, from the Old Testament. Second um, Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And uh, I'll read that and then just share, reflect on, on some what I call affirmations uh, for us this morning. Uh, now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Behold now, the place before you where we are living is too limited for us. Please, let us go to the Jordan, that is the Jordan Valley, and each of us take from there a beam and let us make a place there for ourselves where we may live. So he said, go. Then one said, please, be willing to go with your servants. And he answered, I shall go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, my master, for it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, Where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and, and threw it in there and made the iron float. He said, take it up for yourself. So he put out his hand and took it. The word of the Lord. I've always been fascinating, fascinated with some of these, uh, these stories, these encounters, these miraculous moments, we may call them. And, uh, and so I want to share for the next few moments some affirmations from this passage. Uh, there are some enduring things in the Bible that must be affirmed in the wonderful journey you and I find ourselves in. The setting from our text this morning is really, uh, it's really a Bible college. It appears to be the first of its kind with branch campuses. Uh, I'm talking about the School of the Sons of the Prophets under the leadership of Elijah and Elisha. Uh, there was, first of all, the Bethel branch. You'll see that in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. There was the Jericho branch, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 5. And lastly, there appears to be a branch in Gilgal, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 38. In chapter 2, of 2 Kings, verse 1, Elisha, by divine instruction, traveled to Gilgal, then to Bethel, uh, verse 2, and finally to Jericho, verse 4. Well, here we are. We have three centers of theological education. Uh, if I had my way, I would probably name them the mobile MPP. Uh, we just have to settle for the School of the Sons of the Prophets this morning. So, in our passage, I would like to highlight at least three affirmations, I believe, are germane to the work that we do at NBC. The first affirmation, number one, the importance of ministerial preparation. There we see Elisha and Elijah, they ran a school called the school, 
sons of the prophets, and they traveled around at least for three centers where they were training uh, uh, men for the prophetic ministry. That which was true in the 870s BC when Elisha and Elijah were operating is still true today for us. The work we do is good work, is important work. It is raising an army of students for the work of God. In other words, a call to the ministry is a call to prepare. The people of God needed the prophetic, the prophetic voice. They, they must be taught to live holy. And uh, although they were surrounded by, a pagan, by pagan cultures, not unlike our time, except our pagans today probably are more sophisticated than they were then, but we still need to hear the word of God in its power. And uh, so the work here at NBC, I want to affirm, uh, even from that passage, the school of ministry, the school of the sons of the prophet, what we do is a continuation of that. Second affirmation is the importance or, or what I would call the indispensable importance of mentoring presence. The indispensable importance of presence, or I call it mentoring presence. Uh, we see that in verse three and four. Uh, they, they were growing, the school was expanding, and, and uh, they said, let's go get some material, some beam, some wood. Let's cut down some trees. Let's go down to the Jordan Valley, get some uh, lumber so we can expand our living quarters. In other words, they wanted to build more dormitories, more, more space uh, uh, for that, uh, for those, for them. And uh, so they asked Elijah if they could do that. And he said, yes. And then one of them, one of the students said, would you come with us? Presence. Would you accompany us? And so some things are better caught than taught. And ministry is one of those things too. And we believe in teaching. We, that's what we do. But our presence, our persona, our spirit, who we are, is a lesson to be taught as well. And students, uh, we had more of that, of course, when we had a, a physical campus of, of presence. But we have to find ways online to, to connect with our students. So I want to affirm that, that we continue to find ways uh, to do that. Uh, some things are better caught than taught. And being present and, and sharing life together, even ordinary situations, Ordinary life experiences, such as cutting trees for building dormitories, they seem so ordinary. But, but they wanted the presence of Elisha. And what is remarkable was his willingness to go with them. He did not say, oh, I'm too busy uh, administrating a three school campuses. I, I do not have time. No, no. He immediately says, absolutely. Uh, I will go with you. And, and uh, I love that spirit. I want to affirm us as a, as a college, as a community, as NBC, to make our presence available, whether on the phone, a text, email, whatever, or in person, if possible, uh, to connect 
and to let the life of what God is doing in these days spill over. In other words, we must minister to our students out of the own overflow of our own lives. And God can take the ordinary and make some extraordinary moments out of that. Look at that with me again. Uh, the feelings of, of, of presence here was mutual. Not only did they ask, but he consented. He says, I want to know, I, I want you to know this morning, the ordinary provided the occasion for the extraordinary to take place, which brings us to the third and final affirmation that we glean from this text this morning, verse five and six. Affirmation number three, belief in God's miraculous power. I want to affirm us that we never lose the sense and the wonder and the mystery of what, of the supernatural, of the power of God, of, of God as omnipotent. And I, I uh, the, the student uh, said when he swung his axe to cut a tree, the axe head left him with a handle in his hand. Can you picture that? Can you see that? He swung to cut down a tree. And as a young boy, I, I cut a lot of trees growing up uh, in my life, probably more than I want to imagine. And I've had that experience when you swing at, a, at, at the trunk of that tree, that axe head is, uh, all you have in your hand is the, is, is, is the handle. And he says, oh no, or alas, my master. In, the, in uh, one of the other versions, it says, oh no, I, uh, it was borrowed. It reminded me of my time in the 70s in Bible college as a poor Bible college student. This student couldn't even afford his own axe. He had to borrow it. But when I saw that, I said, hmm, yeah, I can relate. Um, I remember one summer, <laughs> most of the students left after you know, the, the school year and they, they went home. We were in Ohio during that time and in Bible college. A few of us stayed in the in the dormitory. Uh, the cafeteria was closed because not enough students to support cafeteria. So we were on our own that summer. And um, well, I worked for the college during that time, doing you know uh, maintenance stuff. But we had to we had to find our own food. And uh, thank God there was a student who worked for a pizza place. And I've never had more pizza in my life. Looks like I had pizza for breakfast, pizza for lunch, pizza for dinner. And for a while after that summer was over, I didn't want to see any pizza at all. So here was this poor student among the sons of the prophets. And he, he says, oh, no, it was borrowed. It was an occasion for a miracle. The ordinary became a time of extraordinary. Miracles, and here is one of them in this passage, because Elijah says, where did it fall? And he pointed, and he took a stick, and he threw it at that spot, and up came the axe head. You know, some might be thinking, well, Elijah just took that stick and he put it there and he put the stick in the hole of that accident and he just pulled it up. That's not what happened. Don't believe that. 
those who would like to naturalize it, those who try to secularize it, those who would like to say, oh, nothing of that kind of phenomenon happens, you know, nothing like that. The affirmation I want to give us this morning in this one is that we will live our lives and we'll do our work with the expectation that God is still a miracle working God. Amen. And, 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 and so miracles speaks of the sovereignty and the power of God's omnipotence. God is all powerful or what I call his almightiness. That's what accounts for miracles. The word in the Old Testament is El Shaddai. The word God Almighty, the almightiness of God. And El Shaddai, first used in Genesis 17.1, God says, now when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him or to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. God Almighty, and he said to him, walk before me and be blameless. This word is used 48 times in the Bible, 48 times. 31 of those is found in the book of Job, 31 out of the 48. As, God, as Job wrestled with the sense of the almightiness of God and what he was going through, 31 times. The other 17 times is in the rest of the Bible. And 10 of those, of that 17, are in the book of Revelation. And it speaks of the almightiness, the omnipotence of Christ and of God. And only one other reference is in Paul's writing, 2 Corinthians 6.18, that speaks of the omnipotence again of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me draw our, our attention to one of those references in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 6. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns, omnipotent. In the King James Version, God omnipotent reigns. Oh, I hope we never lose the sense of the power and authority and the almightiness of God in the work that we do. We, we, we're, we're delving in the, in the supernatural when we, when we clothe ourselves with the idea that God can do anything. And he can work his mighty power. In our lives. In the Old Testament, as I said, the word was El Shaddai, Almighty. In the New Testament, there's a different word. It is Pantocrato. Pantocrato. And again, the meaning is the same. It is the all-sufficient one, the ruler of all things. It is sometimes translated Almighty or Omnipotent. Let me wrap things up by uh, quoting a couple excerpts from A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite 
writers. And in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, The Knowledge of the Holy, uh, he writes, God possesses what no creature can, an incomprehensible plentitude of power, a potency that is absolute. This we know by divine revelation, but once known, it is recognized as being full accord with reason. Grant that God is infinite and self-existent. We see at once that he must be all powerful as well. And reason kneels to worship before the divine omnipotence. Power belongeth unto God, says the psalmist. And Paul the apostle declares that nature itself gives evidence of the eternal power of the Godhead, Romans 1.20. From this knowledge, we reason to the omnipotence of God. God has power since God is infinite. Whatever he has must be with hope and life for body and soul. He sought a place of retirement. And after, uh, in, sorry, I skipped a line there that I, I, I want to go back to. And um, therefore, God has limitless, limitless power. He is omnipotent. We see further that God, the self-existent creator, is the source of all the power there is. And since the source must be at least equal to anything that emanates from it, God is of necessity equal to all the power there is. And this is to say again that he is omnipotent. In an, on another page, he says, since he has at his command all the power of the universe, the Lord God omnipotent can do anything as easily as anything else. All his acts are done without effort. He expends no energy that must be replenished. His self-sufficiency makes it unnecessary for him to look outside of himself for a renewal of his strength. All the power required to do all that he wills to do lies in undiminished fullness in his own infinite being. A.W. Tozer tells the story of A.B. Simpson. A.B. Simpson was Canadian Presbyterian minister. He says, approaching middle age, he was broken in health, deeply despondent and ready to quit the ministry. By chance, he heard an old Negro spiritual Two lines of that says, nothing is too hard for Jesus. No man can work like him. Its message, uh, Toza said of uh, A.B. Simpson, it's this message sped like an arrow to his heart, carrying faith and hope and life for body and soul. He sought a place to pray, and after a season alone with God, arose to his feet completely cured, and went forth in fullness of joy to found what was since what has since become one of the largest missionary societies in the world. 
for 35 years after this encounter with God, he labored prodigiously in the service of Christ. His faith in the God of limitless power gave him all the strength he needed to carry on. Incidentally, A.B. Simpson founded the Christian and Missionary Alliance denomination, headquartered for quite some time in Colorado Springs. They have since moved part of their operations to Cleveland, Ohio. Some of our students at NBC worked for Christian and Missionary Alliance in Colorado Springs. What am I saying this morning? That the power of God is at our disposal, not only in our own personal lives, but in our professional life as a college. And we should never lose sight of the miraculous, sovereign, infinite power of God to work on our behalf, to carry us from day to day, from week to week, from month to month, from year to day, to do the work that God has called us to do. We are not without the resources. We're equipped and clothed with the mighty power of the infinite God to help us. And I want to affirm that this morning. Three affirmations. First of all, amen. The affirmation this morning the, of the importance of preparation. The secondly, the importance or the indispensable importance of presence, mentoring presence. And thirdly, I want to affirm our continued belief in the mighty power of the living God. Amen. Praise God.